Hey, my name is Gabe Perugonon, and this is the Dabbler Effect Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the interests, hobbies, and passions of fascinating people. This episode features Justin Aceron, a financial advisor based in the Philippines. Justin talks about how he transitioned to being a financial advisor after studying management science from Mapua University. Justin also talks about the incentives of being a financial advisor and the importance of financial planning for any age bracket. Welcome to another episode of the Dabbler Effect podcast. This episode is episode 8 and uh, this episode features Justin Aceron who is a financial advisor based in the Philippines. Uh, Justin was my classmate back in high school so this is a great chance to catch up with him uh, through the years. So Justin, how have you been lately? Hello, good morning or good evening everyone. Hi Gabe. Thanks for hey, having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the time for for the episode. I know you're really busy being a financial <laughs> advisor in the Philippines. Uh so let's let's start off with uh, how you been like um how has work been as a financial advisor lately? Work as a financial advisor. It's actually different. The pre-COVID era era and the COVID era. Because in the pre-COVID era, we get to have appointments with my clients. And mm-hmm. uh, we meet them face-to-face. So, of course, uh, we promise them, uh, we offer insurance. We promise, uh, the company promises, you know, the benefits through a, a paper or a policy contract. So, we have to deliver that. And not only that, we also get to uh, present to them face-to-face. Fast forward to COVID era, um, what we do, we uh, present in Zoom meetings and uh, applications are online already. So it's more convenient now. So yeah. I get to reach out to different clients from Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao, uh, which is uh, more convenient. I actually like that, but I don't like the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I really hate yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And so it's more convenient now for me, financial advisor. So I'm just at home. I work at home, and uh, I get to be productive um, just by sitting and facing in my laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th- there's really a lot, lot of advantages that I'm seeing with the pandemic uh, forcing everything to change. You no, know? like, parang exactly. your work as yeah. a financial advisor has has really changed. And tasabi mo nga. Uh, the only thing that's not good about it is the pandemic. So, parang if the pandemic wasn't here, parang mas maayos sana kung ganon din yung, di ba yung style ng I guess like being a financial to, advisor, no? To, yeah. Totoo yan, totoo. Very, very true. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's actually uh, I get to reach out to more people. That's what's more important. Uh, I I want to help uh more Filipinos as well as uh the families, no. I also check in their lifestyle. I, I search them through social media. How are they doing before I approach to people? That's what's most important. Yeah. 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 And so on that topic of being a financial advisor, and we'll, we'll talk about all of these things later on in the episode, right. but I, I would like to know how you got started as a financial advisor because we, you know, <laughs> if you remember back in high school when we were classmates, we were part of, our, our class was like the FISI class, right? Which dealt exactly. with like engineering and like science and, and architecture. Stuff like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started on this journey of being a financial advisor? Oh, uh, this story is kind of uh, very sentimental to me. Uh, because when we were applying for college, uh, although we already have a background with 
engineering and architecture. My mom always asked me, oh, honey, what do you see your how do you see yourself uh five to ten years from now? So my mom kasi is, you know, she's very visionary. She wants her children na, oh, how, what do you want uh, to achieve for the next 5, 10 years from now? She always asked this to my siblings. And on that time, I, I, when we were applying in college, sabi ko sa mom ko, mom, I honestly don't know. Kasi I just, you know, want to live in the moment, you know, play video games and stuff like that. I don't, I don't see myself, you know, um, me in the professional world um, doing... Um, the stuff I really love to do and I want to do. Yeah. But yeah. in applying to college, we really have to be serious on that. So I identified what are my strengths or what I can, yung talents. I'm not as talented as my siblings. Like, my siblings, <laughs> kasi they sing, they can perform. I'm not like that. But I focus more on since, um, thanks to our uh, education back in high school, I have to say I was good in math. So I I search um courses that were related to math. I I didn't want to take BS math. That was too um uh, heavy for me. But yeah. um since my mom you no know, was already in the insurance industry, my mom suggested, "Honey, why don't you try actuarial science?" Because I noticed that you're good in trigonometry. If mm-hmm. if I can share with you, get back in high yeah. school. I got a 98 in trigonometry with <laughs> Sir De Torres. Uh, yeah, that was, third year, right? Yeah, third year. So I said, "Oh nga, I'm good. I, I I'm so good at trigonometry, and I I search courses related to math. So one of which was actuarial science, and I applied this to uh, La Salle and uh, Mupua, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I didn't make it to La Salle. So Mapua was my um, second choice back then. And uh, I'm a graduate of Management Science and Engineering in Mapua. And um, I'm majoring in Actuarial Science. So Actuarial Science, a little bit background. It's a, um, a mathematics of insurance because we compute the mortality, morbidity rate of a specific person in an age and in a population. And for those who are applying for insurances, Um, that will be based on how much premium that uh, they will be setting aside for yeah, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I graduated college earlier than expected. So I graduated um, October 2017. Oh, it's been three years now. <laughs> okay, yeah. I graduated October 2017. And um, after I graduated, my mom uh, asked me again, So, uh, what, what's next for you? How do you do? You want to apply for work? You want to be an employee? Sabi ko, mom, uh, I can already see that you want me to join in your industry, but uh, I wanted to venture out something different. So I applied to different jobs, muna, uh, uh, yeah. that is being offered, and preferably, I really wanted to work in Makati. So mm. I applied now, and when I was already applying in a firm, okay. My mom uh, asked, "What is your starting?" She said, "Oh, it's uh, ex- this XXX amount." Sabi niya, "Talaga ba, honey? Why don't you? Uh, there will be a millennial millionaire summit. Uh, yeah. In our office, I just want you to listen and um, be inspired to our guest speakers in our office. So I gave up everything uh, on that day because I was also a 
radio jock DJ in Mapua back then. Really? Even if I... Yeah! <laughs> I, I was a radio jock DJ uh, in a Tagalog show called Kwentong mm. Kaibigan. So, uh, yeah. I resigned na din there. Uh, I attended this um, uh, seminar in our office. And I was inspired by this three, no? They were millennials, ages 25, 27, and 28. But they have achieved so much already. It, they have achieved in terms of achieving their personal goals. Like, they have their own um, condo units already. They purchased um, big-ticket items like their own car. They help their families. And not only that, um, they have traveled the world given by company incentives um, yeah. to Europe, to America, to South America. And I was inspired by um, one of the guest speakers there because they were a mother and daughter tandem. So this uh, daughter, after she graduated in UP, yeah. um, with a different course pa nga eh. It's super layo. She was, I think, mass communication. So mm. the influence of her mom led her to her career as a financial advisor. And from now then... Um, She's successful. She is also a uh, seven-year million-dollar roundtable qualifier. And um, they really have a good relationship uh, with her mom. So perhaps she always listens to Anna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was inspired by that. And sabi ko, uh, back then kasi, honey, uh, my mom already, you know, parang conditionally. It's either you want to go to the uh to be employed to get some experience, or you want to join me if you were enticed with this uh millennial millionaire summit that you attended. I told my mom, Mom, I want to give it a try. Sige, I will take the licensing exam. I I want to give it a try, and let's see if uh I will succeed. So I was coded um January twenty eighteen, and the rest is history. Uh, it's already been two years and um ten months of me being a financial advisor and i really mm. love my job <laughs> so yeah. so much <laughs> yeah i can i can tell that you really enjoy it like i see you post on like social media all the time and like on facebook yeah. and on instagram i saw your post all the time and i i can really tell that you're enjoying the the job that you're doing oh, thank you um, so much yeah so so justin on that note no you mentioned the millennial Mil- millionaire summit which is mm-hmm. like you, you mentioned this is like a, a seminar like uh-huh. You want to go more in depth on on what entails that that seminar and what goes on for like the those like listeners who are like are interested who okay. are interested in being a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, going to that Millennial Millionaire Summit. It was called the Millennial Millionaire Summit because um it was a uh, web seminar for all of uh, financial advisors under my company to achieve the million dollar roundtable qualification. And um, that was uh, held back then around September, last week of September. And of course, um, in our qualifications of uh, being financial advisor for incentive and drives, uh, it's only for one year and you go back to zero when it comes to January. So mm. for million dollar, quali- uh, million dollar roundtable qualifications, in order to be part of this uh, prestige community of financial advisors all over around the world. We just have mm. to hit a specific commission or specific premium to deliver. And this will uh, reach, you know, if you, uh, for those who are listening who wants to be financial advisor, a minimum of 1.3 million earnings and commission yeah. in a year. 
So you should be able to hit that. And it's so, I'm very motivated also to hear other financial advisors achieve this earlier. So some they already achieved this at August, September, or uh, October. Mm. Well, in fact, mm. you can, the drive period is from January to December. So mm. some financial advisors, they already earned that as less, uh, I mean, minimum, no, 1.3 million earlier in that year. So these people, those who share their practices, those who share their expertise on how to approach clients and prospects, they mm. achieve as early as those months, like July, August, and September. And mm. which made all of the audiences, they were in awe, uh, you know, the driving force to achieve MDRT, Million Dollar Roundtable, on an earlier month. Mm-mm. And Justin, what's what's the biggest incentive for financial advisors to reach this Million Dollar Roundtable? What, what motivates financial advisors to be like, I want to be a part of this? What's the main driving force for them? First of all, in order to be part of this, uh, financial advisors wants to experience the annual meetings held mm-hmm. uh, glo- uh, internationally, usually in North America. So uh, next year, our annual meeting will be in New Orleans, Louisiana. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, it will be already in a convention because this year it was just virtual. But uh, why do pe- uh, uh, financial advisors look forward to this? Because uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you know. You get to mm. learn. And that at the same time, we get to meet the financial advisors all over the world who achieved this um, qualification. Mm. Being mm. an MDRT is only 1% of the population of all financial advisors, you know, yeah. to achieve this qualification. And uh, not only that, we get to have... Uh, Learnings um, online. Uh, we also have um, MDRT tea time for those who are uh, locally. This is local because mm-hmm. I'm also an MDRT membership communications committee. So I get to um, organize these kinds of events with my country chair. So mm-hmm. we motivate, we share all um, our best practices. We also have mentorship program. For those who are MDR uh, million dollar roundtable aspirants, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and on that note of being of following best practices of being a financial advisor, what what were the things that you found early on as a financial advisor mm-hmm. that convinced you that this was the career that you wanted to pursue? Going back when I shared you in identifying my talents, I realized that I really love to approach people. Different kinds of people, even if uh, medyo nagtataray ka, you know, yeah, <laughs> if the yeah. person is moody, I love to approach them. If the person is very open, I love to approach them. So uh, the challenge also for different financial advisors is how to approach the people and share their uh, best practices and offer the financial services. And I think um, that is my talent that I, I recognize. No, only in this career because going back in grade school and in high school, I I realized why oh, was the friendly pala, no? <laughs> I'm friends with almost everyone. If you get to see me in the corridors, I say hi. Oh, how are you? But um, yeah. going to uh attending in different social events, um, 
meeting different people. You know, I make I'm it's not just I really make sure, but it's natural for me. I get to know five to seven people on an event that uh me trying to introduce myself to different people. So that's one also. And yeah. um number two, I think uh what I uh learned from myself was maybe the uh, being perseverant and to have that mental grit and mental fortitude. Because mm-hmm. for me, if there is something that I really want, I will work for it. And mm-hmm. in a financial advisor, not only the million dollar million dollar roundtable qualification will be our incentive, but as well as travel incentives. Mm-hmm. So that's the company uh, incentives that we get um, out of all of the the main incentive that I'm always looking for, and I make sure that I will always hit because mm-hmm. um, the company gives us VIP treatments. So I have traveled already to Europe to um, Japan, to uh, Indonesia with the VIP treatment and everything is um, prepared. We are, we financial advisors are pampered and that is what, I, what I'm always looking forward to. And you said th- these travel incentives, do you have to hit a certain commission in order to be able to gain these travel incentives? Yes, uh, we have to hit a certain commission. If we double that certain commission, we bring to we even have to have a guest. So let's say uh, I hit this uh, uh, for one slot, and then if I doubled it, I get to bring a guest with me. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. And and all all of these, no, Justin, are are really good like incentives, no, that that pushes you to be the best financial advisor that you can be. Mm-hmm. But as as you know, like these these come later, no, later as in your career. So I wanted to know, starting yeah. off, what 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 were the main challenges that you faced starting off as a financial advisor, mm-hmm. and what did you have? Did you question anything when you were first starting? <laughs> oh, I, I experienced uh, lots of challenges, especially when I was starting, because uh, when I started, how young was I? I was twenty one, and yeah. um. Majority of the ages of financial advisors, you know, they're like really professionals and they came from a previous profession, like they work in a bank, they um, were previous employees, okay. Uh, mine was very challenging, so I really had to know my net, uh, my list of prospects, where will I be getting those? So I asked uh, help from my parents. Okay, mom and dad, uh, after all the trainings I've attended, kailangan ko ng tulong nyo kasi I need, uh, I need to know what is the right approach. I need mm. to know um, what what is the right presentation. Of course, it's a, I should identify uh, what type of pre- presentation do I present to a person kasi it, it's different eh. Kung millennial siya, it should be a millennial type of presentation. If a person is already on their way to the retirement, it's a different type of presentation. So I have to experience that in order for me to tell na, okay, I uh, I, I think I'm good. I can uh, handle everything on my own. So first, I I borrowed the phones of my mom and my dad. I messaged everyone. <laughs> I, I introduced in your close myself. circle. Yeah, so the in my circle of influences first, okay. I I which I still considered back then it for a practice lang muna. Let's see if they say yes to me, okay. 
So may mm. if I could share also no may my template was always hi I'm Justin Seron I am um financial advisor from Sun Life Group of Financial. I recently graduated from Mapua University and I would love to share with you um the our financial services to offer and mm. no commitments. I would just love to share it over a cup of coffee. Will you be available on Friday on this area? That's my usual template back then. And I messaged mm. a lot. And the power of prospecting, my mom always tell me, you know, manage your expectations. Not all will reply, okay? Honey, don't, mm. don't, wag kang magmasama ng loob. Kasi before, I, I, I you know, I, ano, what do you call this? Sometimes, oh my gosh, my heart is broken. Walang nag-reply sa akin ngayong araw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's the part of sales. And it's very, uh, that's the challenging part. But f- if there is a person who replied to me and said yes to appointment, I'm already happy. For as long as I do this uh, prospecting part every single day. So it's not about me being uh, rejected or uh, being ignored. If I continuously do my uh, the essentials of being advi- a financial advisor, like prospecting, and at the same time, I will go to our meetups, um, it's already a success for me. I celebrate small wins. So yeah. uh, that's what's important. Um, one challenging part, yeah, the prospecting part. Second is um, I get rejections like they don't have... Um, time yet. So, their time is very special. So, I prepare, um, I have a, I have a notes. I have notes with me, no? Yeah. The, yung magsasalo, lahat ng rejections na hiisasagot sa akin. <laughs> yeah, I, I practice that. At first, Gabe, it's not like, uh, I really don't know how to handle those. But, as time goes by, no? Sanay na ako. And, mm-hmm. um, Lahat ng rejections nililist ako. And I studied, I read books and on how to handle these, no? As well as I listen to podcasts. Like, I don't have time, okay? With yeah. that one, I, I tell them, Ma'am, sir, this would be just 30 minutes of your time if uh, you, you're not pleased with my sharing with you. What's important, we will just end up as friends. Just listen okay. to me, ma'am. So that's my... Uh, Ano there, fall back ba? And then, yeah. um, aside from that, uh, what else? Um, they don't have premiums to pay. So, I prepare a um, questionnaire for them to identify their expenses, what they have been spending on. Okay? I identify the unnecessary spending <laughs> that a yeah. person does, which can already put into insurance premiums. And a lot, yeah. lots of that. Um, it comes with practice. It's not overnight. <laughs> yeah. The, the common the common theme that I'm noticing here is that dedication really is the most important thing that you should apply if you want to become exactly. successful as a financial advisor. And and you also mentioned in our call a couple of weeks ago that mm-hmm. rejections are normal starting off in, yeah. in your industry. So yeah. so on that note, like, are there a lot of financial advisors na parang once they start off? And once they start of prospecting or something, mm-hmm. na parang nato turn off sila sa mga rejection. Sadly, yes. And uh, I have mentored so many uh, financial advisors, my co-financial advisors, 
they are turned off by rejections. I tell them, you have to do something for you not to get rejected. So I share them my style. I share all of my activities in social media, in my uh, Facebook account, because others, they make um, a Facebook page. Eh. Uh, n- others, they don't even identify themselves. So what I tell my co-financial advisors, yung pangalan mo ang ibenta natin. Okay? Uh, what do you do? You should shout to the world. You should sh- uh, be proud that you are a financial advisor. Okay? Not with just um, the awards that you get, but what's important are the activities that you do. So if you talk to someone today, even if you did not close the sale, share it. If you uh, went to the office today, you, you did some policy delivery, you share it. And after sharing those to my co-financial advisors, Justine, natutuwa ako kasi they are messaging me. Okay? The, before, they are the one who approach to clients. Now, they, the clients are the ones messaging them. Uh, yeah. The clients become curious. Oh, okay. I think uh, this financial advisor is very passionate. I'll message him. I want to. <laughs> I want this person to be my financial advisor. So that is what I always tell um, my colleagues that social media is the tool in order for you to introduce yourself. You don't need to create any um, Facebook another Facebook page and get a person. I mean, invite that person to like your Facebook page. Use your own Facebook profile. Okay, it's not a, also how many likes you get. It's the mat- what matters is that people see your posts, your yeah. activities. So that's um, my ano to them. Not for them not to feel bad about rejections. It's okay if they get if they get uh, eat rejections for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, for as long as the activities continue. Right, right. It's a small wins as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That's right. And uh, you, meron ka ding Facebook page, di ba? You also have a Facebook page on Facebook. I remember seeing it at one point when I was browsing my feed. You have a oh, Facebook yeah, page, the Facebook page was created by my co-millennial uh, financial advisors. Mm. So it was, uh, I own that. Uh, it's named Millennial Ventures, partnered mm. with two of my other co-financial advisors. I help them um, give talks if they want to conduct um, webinars, especially during this um, pandemic. No, They have conducted webinars and I usually... I am the guest speaker there. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I become the part of the page as well to share our and so, best practices. Yeah. How do how do how do people attend these sort of talks that you do? Do they just go to your Facebook page and wait until you post something like an like a talk or something or how, what are other ways that they can reach out to you in order to to attend one of these? Oh, uh they could uh wait for our announcement for our next webinar and we also reach out um uh, to our likers, we get uh, we send invitations of our online webinars, and I'm very glad uh, we get to have at, at least uh, we started twenty five, and then uh, I think that increased now to fifty. Not bad. Uh, this these people yeah. are even from DepEd, from uh, working in a in a engineering firm. These are really professionals who are attending, even if yeah. our population is not that big, from 25 to 50. <laughs> yeah. At least it's growing. Huh? The, like, we go, going back into the small wins aspect of things, it's still growing when you look at it from a, from a higher point of view. And 
you know, Justin, I want to go back to when you mentioned when clients started approaching you instead of you approaching them. Mm-hmm. At at one point, at what point did did your career as a financial advisor reach that? Kailan lang siya dumating sa parang dumumpot na sa iyo mga clients? I think it took me after a year for uh the clients, no, they're the one who's approaching me because in my first year in my rookie year, um all of my clients were my circle of influences. So some of my relatives, friends, um a little bit of referrals of friends. But come 2019 on my second year, like from January to March, I get a lot of messages, Justin, uh, I will refer someone to you. Contact this person. Mm-hmm. So my some two of my clients told that to me. They should, uh, I w- they will be referring someone to me. And for a client to message me that, makakataba ng puso yun. <laughs> yeah. For me, yeah. because it only shows that, okay, I did great service to this client. Okay. That, um, uh, that, that siguro natuwa siya, I don't know. Um, not only that the clients messaged me, but they posted me on social media. So yeah. uh, one client of mine, she posted me. Uh, I, I wanted to share because when I presented to her, she was very sad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just, um, I was just shocked. Her face, you know, you know, a disappointment look, right? Yeah. Was, <laughs> this, was this before you presented to her? Yeah, this was before I presented to her, and she, uh, she was disappointed. And she's even the CEO of a company. Ah, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. president and the husband, uh, the wife is the vice president. They yeah. were sad. They were disappointed, and they were disappointed because a financial advisor approached to them before, offered insurances for the employees. But not for the president and the vice president. <laughs> and back then, I was offering the president and the vice president. So I go, really? They shared this to me. Yeah. So I mean, um, we uh give coverages to our employees, but we don't even give coverages <laughs> to ourselves. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I said, um, sir, ma'am, it's really uh better to have two birds than one. So I'll be your other financial advisor. In yeah. terms of insuring you, and with that, she posted me on her Facebook um profile. Although it's not just public, but what I like about her post was that she loved how I go um I be on my presentations because I based on their human econo- human economic value, and yeah. let's say their human economic value or their net worth is like thirty five million. And mm-hmm. of course, thirty-five million is too big for them to get as their first insurance. But what I do, I fill in the gap. I tell them, "Sir, don't you mind, you know, um, getting eight million for yourself, and then we'll just um, fill in the gap once lumuwag luwag po kayo." And that's what I did back then. And she shared that on her Facebook post, and a lot of her friends message oh i want to have a financial advisor like that and then yeah. uh, that client um replied okay i'll give you the number of my financial advisor <laughs> go talk to him <laughs> yeah. and yeah. uh that led me to my uh second qualification for mbrt uh this client you know her circle of influence naman are full of uh, vips as well okay she referred yeah. me and not only that referred me 
it's also a resale to me. She got, uh, she also, she's already fi- trying to fill in the gap of her human economic value as time goes mm. by. Yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear that at, that at that point, it sounded like your career was already starting to to take on a whole other level no, from, from when you first started. Yeah. And, you know, this this all of this talk about about your process for talking to financial advisors. It's really interesting. I think I think it would be interesting for you to talk about the entire process of how that goes. Like t- let's let's talk about like your daily your daily work workflow. How, when you wake up in the morning, like what's the, what are the first things that you do and how does the rest of your day go? In the pre-COVID area, it was more complicated because I really really have to wake up early. And I make sure I get to meet at least two people, uh, two persons a day for me to uh, share uh, my passion in financial preparedness and financial planning. So I have I travel as far as Pasig or Valenzuela. <laughs> I have clients there. And that was the challenge. And I have to uh, report as well to my head office to go for trainings to attend to trainings okay yeah uh this profession you know we still have you know it's still a continuous learning we also have to adapt to what's new and fast forward to um this lockdown era or the uh, health crisis era uh i wake up early nothing nothing has changed in waking up early and uh, i get to have more appointments actually at least four in a day i'm not what for me gabe you know what's important is i talk to people not necessarily that they will get insured a god yeah that's that's uh what important what's important to me i i love to talk to um people and um this uh lockdown period no so monday will be my prospecting day me approaching to people and talking to people and then Tuesday to Friday will be my presentation day. So, uh, on my mon- on Monday, I sh- I make sure I talk to ten people, and of course, not all will say yes. And siguro mga two or three will say yes to me. And then on my on Tuesday to Friday, I present two a day. And uh, the weekend is my me time already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and oh, so. Justin, you said you're still prospecting. I, I I know clients already come to you. Um, mm-hmm. when you're prospecting, how, where do you where do you get like people who you, you can talk to on let's say like a Monday morning? You know, Gabe. Uh, even if clients approach to me, it's still different when I uh, get to talk to the people I know. Yeah. So, I uh, like for example, you, Gabe. Uh, I will be approaching you, but um. Uh, uh, what do you call this? You still you uh you you just graduated. You recently got your job, and of course, once you have access to income, you should start preparing for your future. Um, I will definitely approach you and hey uh let's have a Zoom meeting or a messenger room meeting. Let's talk about uh financial planning um uh, in your free time, and uh it's still different when this person knows their financial advisor. Not only in their profession, but them as a person. Because um, you will be comfortable in sharing your uh, 
the sensitive topics, what I call, like um, the spending. Um, some clients even tell me, oh, this is this is my passbook. Siguro, design yeah. the perfect program for me. I get clients yeah. like that. They share me their bank accounts. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, they share me their income. So those are sensitive topics. And for me to um, approach to strangers no, or to those people whom I completely don't know, that is also one challenge that the data that I will be getting from them. But from a person who knows me as a person and as a financial advisor, uh, that won't be a challenge for um, that prospect to share uh, those what I call uh, sensitive topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah, those are definitely sensitive topics, no? And not a lot of people are are comfortable really, opening exactly, up about to share those. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and on you said well, Tuesday to Friday, you we present. Are these like pro, uh, former prospects that you've talked to, and then now they're clients? Okay, that's a nice question. I also uh, talk to my existing clients, uh, mm. to, to the those two uh, people, two persons in a day. One is a, like a new client, and one is an existing client. I get to review them. I ask them, um, okay, this is uh, your existing coverage, existing plan. So, uh, what's next? Uh, what do you want? Uh, to top up because they can um, add up to their investments or uh, they can uh, get a critical illness plan. So I do financial reviews also to my existing clients. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I know about these services, uh, I, I know I, I asked you this a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I want to get specific with, with these services. You don't have to, to talk about all of them. But what are the notable ones that, that are mm-hmm. typically seen with like clients? Like What do you usually talk about? Like the okay. services that you talk about? The services, okay. There are a lot, but uh, I just want to share the the memorable ones, okay? Yeah. Because uh, one, one is um, a person, uh, let's say they wanted to withdraw on their investment because something came up. They have uh, emergencies on their business, okay? So uh, I deliver those checks, personally to my clients and um every time i deliver a check you know um to a client which is always part of my servicing uh it's uh i don't know every time they receive a benefit a client receives a benefit from the insurance you can see the joy in their eyes (laughs) you know they may not express it right away but every time I deliver checks to my clients um, they're super happy and um, I don't know what they will uh, of course what uh, they will do with it but of course uh, that's why they get their own financial plan just in case something happens in a in an uncertainty like um, striking of a critical illness or an emergency that they need to get something from their plan, I see the joy. And for me, for my clients to be happy, that's already an accomplishment for me as a financial advisor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and when you're working for clients, like, do you typically have to, you know, come up with a specific, you know, plan for each client? Oh, okay. That depends. The specific plan depends on their life stage, on their lifestyle, and their spending habits. 
Uh, I always uh, tell that with them. So, I always share with them the 50-30-20 rule. Once they receive their income, they should already uh, divide, you know, uh, what's coming into their bank account. I always share this, and I would love to share this. Yeah, Me personally, I I have um, four bank accounts. One where my payroll comes in, okay? And mm-hmm. I have to follow the 50-30-20 rule, okay? So, the uh, 50% will be left on my payroll. The 50% will be used on essential spending like uh, food, groceries, or any other essential expenses. And the 30%, um, I will divide that into three because I have three more bank accounts. One will be my savings. The other one will be the emergency fund. And the mm-hmm. other one will be for my insurance premiums. Mm-hmm. So, dun mapupunta yung 30% ko. And the other 20% will be for lifestyle expenses. So, if you have... Right. It, yeah. Uh, what... Why is this important uh, when we receive our income? In order for us to be disciplined, okay? Um, other excuses I hear is, uh, I don't have extra budget or something came up. Uh, that will not be an excuse anymore if we follow this rule and we practice this talaga. And um, so far, I've shared this to a lot of my clients and I asked them, oh, how's your emergency fund? Well, Justin, my emergency fund already reached its minimum. Na it should be three times my monthly income. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you really practice uh, what I shared you. Yeah, and um, I'm still, I can also um, add up to my investments. And they, they, they shared me that. It's, a, yeah. it's an achievement for me <laughs> as their financial advisor. Yeah. You know, I'm curious. What's what's the difference between a savings account and your emergency fund? Because parang medyo sim, may mga similarities yung dalawa, de ba? Like savings, yeah. parang when you first hear of savings, parang okay yung gagamitin mo when you really need to say to spend something. So parang you think na opar, better nito pang emergency. So what's the main difference between the two types of bank accounts? Okay, so the emergency fund is the fund that you will be using just in case uh something happens. Uh, due to any uncertainty. And the COVID-19 pandemic itself is one classic of uncertainty. So ito yung fund na gagalawin mo. Let's for example, you lost your job and you need to do um, some emergency spending. It is the emergency fund that you will be using, not your savings fund. The savings fund, uh, this one, you know, will be used if you have big ticket items that you want to purchase in the future, like a car or a house for yourself, that you mm. are really saving it up. Because yeah. uh, others, kasi, they sacrifice their savings just in case something happens due to an emergency. If a person mm. doesn't have insurance and they were striking off a critical illness, others use their savings fund if you don't have an emergency fund, which mm. I don't want that to happen especially in our next generation. Because um, I've been seeing posts online um, seeking help, no? Something happens of emergency. And that's my role as a financial advisor. That's why I, I also approach to the people I know because uh, I really want to break this stigma na 
people seeking help because they they're experiencing an emergency or any uncertainty. And yeah. that's why I really share this one to my clients. And of course, really approach friend. I still really do my continuous prospecting to my circle of influences. Yeah. And and on that note, Justin, the importance of financial planning and insurance. You know, a lot of people our age don't really think about that. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I would I would think that the majority of people our age don't really plan. You know, and we're we're like in our like early twenties, right? Like a lot of mm-hmm. people, if I I think you would agree that a lot of people really don't think about financial planning because they just they first get their jobs and they they earn money and now they all want to spend it on exactly. on whatever, right? Yeah. On on shoes or something. So what what do you think are the main benefits of having in general just like financial planning good financial mm-hmm. planning yeah in general okay for getting uh for getting one for yourself it's always better when you start it uh once once you have access to income you should start preparing for your future so if a person already got their job they should already get one uh one is the risk of you going out with your work okay uh, we should be protected. Second is, um, I would like to uh, reiterate that insurance premiums will be your for savings, okay? For savings because this is for your future self. Oh, yeah. It can already address a lot if you started. Um, it can address whatever um, financial goal that you have, like if you want to travel, if you want to uh, purchase a big ticket item. And as well as retirement, uh, if if will if your insurance premiums will be your amnesia money, when I say amnesia money, you're just setting aside from yourself. You, di mo na mamalaya na, okay, once you retire na you have this um x x x amount. Yeah. It, it can also serve as your um, not necessarily retirement fund, but a supplement to your retirement fund. Okay, and most importantly. It's cheaper when you're young. Yeah. Unlike um, for the higher issue ages, you know, it's relatively more expensive and um, harder to get approved because, um, of course, the older we get, the older, uh, I mean, um, we uh, our bodies are deteriorating. So yeah. not all are privileged to be insured. And it's really st- it's really better to start in a younger age, as and um, uh, once we really have access to income, so that's what's most yeah. important. Yeah, and so let's say uh, people our age come up to you and say they they wanna you know sign up for insurance. What mm-hmm. what 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 would what would be your go to say presentation for them, mm-hmm. millennials in general? Oh my. For the higher issue age, like for forty to fifty, especially yeah, for ah, let's focus see. on no, Justin. Let's focus on like early twenties. Ah, early twenties. Okay. Know. Yeah. Sure. Um, my usual presentation for them. Ah, uh, you just mentioned it. I focus them on spending. Okay. Yeah. I have a wor- I I prepared a worksheet for the millennials and Gen Zs. Ah, uh, to focus on their spending. Let's admit. Ah. Uh, I, I I myself am guilty of that. Be, even before, you know. <laughs> when yeah, we see yeah. a specific item that comes out or that drops, we tend to, oh my gosh, I want that. And knowing in our minds that we have this amount on our bank account, an extra amount, we have the tendency to what? To spend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, 
that is what I want to discipline to my clients who are ages 20s to 35, 20 to 35, um, the spending. Uh, I identify the... Ex- I It's good for them to share with me, okay, I've been spending on this. And then yeah. I will check if they overspend and then I will tell them, nah, I think you're overspending on this, uh, like, for example, online shopping. Yung yeah. expenses mo dito, napupunta dito majority, uh, kesa sa food and groceries. Let's work on that, okay? Okay, Justin, I think I really need to work on this. Um, I'll get back to you. If um, yeah. if I already uh, manage my uh, spending habits, uh, I will start my financial plan. And yun yung, karana, uh, yung kadalasan uh, na experiences that I've uh, had. And on the brighter side, during this pandemic era, you know, uh, my clients recently, they already are, um, what do you call this? With their spending, they're already aware uh, yeah. what to spend and what not to spend dun sa mga unnecessary things. Kasi maybe because they have spent on their emergency fund as well. And mm. uh, a lot already are aware on what just to spend with their income. <laughs> yeah, I think, Justin, the, the pandemic has really opened the eyes of a lot of people on personal finances. I think a lot of people have realized mm-hmm. what, what, yeah. what they really need, you know, more than what they want in terms mm-hmm. of their spending habits. Yeah. But do you agree with that? I agree with that because um, my clients uh, for the past months, like August, September, and October, are ages 23, 22. And yeah. they approach me and say, Justin, gusto kong kumuna insurance. And not all, not all, I mean, hindi, wala kang marinig na ganon sa mga edad na ganon. Gets ba? Like, yeah. Yeah. a person at age 22, 23, what they just want was to earn not to get protected. And it has really been, uh, I don't know, it was a big shift from <laughs> last year to this year that people at uh, ages from 20s, from the early 20s, want to get protected now. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's validating uh, for you as a person uh, it, at any age, age bracket client that comes mm-hmm. up to you that you're able to find out a way to help mm-hmm. them with their, mm-hmm. their personal finances. And you know, Justin, I I'd like to thank you for for sharing your experience today and also your your process for being a financial advisor. Oh, but to those people listening to this to this you. episode, um, those people mm-hmm. listening to this episode who also want to get into your uh, I know your industry, right? Of being also of being a financial advisor. Yeah. What's what's like the biggest advice that you could give them? Okay. Um. A lot has um, lost their jobs during this uh, pandemic era, and a lot has joined the financial services industry. All, um, even pilots, seafarers, and um, other industries, you know, they have joined the financial services industries. I have mentored them, and one of which is already my grade school teacher who I influenced in joining the industry. And uh, for those who were uh, who joined this year, uh, there was uh, all of them, no, may common sa kanila. They ha- there's one thing in common, that they already have the market 
okay? And um, they're very perseverant. For them to shift into a new career, it means that um, they really uh, see that they really want to achieve a lot in life. So this uh, career uh, in the financial services industry, being a financial advisor, it's not only helping yourself, but it's also helping other people achieve their goals first, which is our priority. And that is our main, uh, the core of our profession, that we help our clients first. And then, at the same time, little did we realize that we are helping ourselves na din. Uh, be it with our income, be it with uh, the incentives that we get, or other incentives. And um, I'm very passionate for those who, uh, I mean, for those who are, uh, who consider this, uh, get the right um I mean, uh, get the right person, you know, or the right uh, future manager that you will uh, <laughs> you will be joining with, because it's it's not uh, it's not just about learning the process, but as well as um, having good relationship with your colleagues. So you have to have a good relationship with your colleagues, and as well as good relationship to your clients. Yeah. Justin, I would like to thank you for for the time again for this episode. I know how busy you are as a financial oh, advisor, so <laughs> thank you for having me. It's great to be part of uh, the Daver podcast. So, yeah. uh, so very grateful to you, Gabe, and I hope all of the listeners, you know, you get something from me and um, share it also to uh, your friends and your colleagues as well. Yeah, I'll I'll post I'll post some some stuff about you and and I guess the industry in general in the description of this of this oh, podcast. So yeah, so that people who are interested you know, can can find out more about how you know, being being a part of your industry. So Justin, oh. I thank you so much again for the time. Thank you so much, Gabe. Thanks for having me. And for the listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode. You can find this episode on my website www.dablereffect.com. And you can also catch this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.